a lot of people that I talk to who say, oh, I tried Facebook ads, they didn't work for me. And when we dig into that, they're like, oh, I just boosted a couple of posts, but I didn't make any sales. And, and that's why. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. On today's episode of Honest E-Commerce, we welcome Anthony Blattner, the founder and advertising director at Modern Media. He will be sharing his findings and insights from his e-commerce industry study. Welcome back to yet another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I am joined by Annette Grant, who's been wolfing down all of our snacks this <laughs> afternoon. And today we're welcoming to the show Anthony Blattner from Modern Media. Anthony is the co-founder and the advertising director. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hey, guys. Do you, have, to be here. Do you have any snacks, Anthony? I've, I've devoured all of it. You could... <laughs> I, I just had some snacks. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll you, probably grab another one. You can, Ama- you can Amazon Prime pantry me anything you like, just FYI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the address later. Cool, cool. So uh, Anthony has... Uh, you know what? I want to start right at the end here. So Anthony, tell me about newspapers. <laughs> newspapers. Uh, yeah, so I started as delivering newspapers when I was 11 years old. My mom insisted I <laughs> I get out of the house and do something, um, and I think that's what started my fascination with advertising. Um, and that's you know, long long path since then. But now you know, leading an advertising agency, kind of coming full circle from delivering newspapers to now doing it online. Awesome! That's fantastic. Cool. So you guys just did something super cool. You did a nice industry study. Uh, give us a little background about that. And then yeah, I'm going to ask you a million questions. Yeah. So we we work with a lot of different e-commerce stores. And um, at the end of last year, you know, a lot of people ask questions like, oh, what's best practice in this area? And there's a lot of things that we've learned just from, from doing the campaigns over the years and just from doing... You know, doing e-commerce and have run, helping clients run stores. But a lot of times... You know, we'll go do industry research or reference and see what other players are doing. So what we did was we took the Inc. 5000 list of e-commerce stores and we analyzed a whole bunch of different data points to see, hey, what are the the fastest growing stores doing and what's working well for them? And we broke down a lot of data points, turned it in some uh, nice and pretty charts, and then also did our best to correlate whichever data points we could with growth to identify which... Um, you know which factors led to the most, the fastest growth on these stores, and then which factors maybe didn't correlate as much to growth, so that we could both learn that for our clients and our work, uh, and be able to share that with others. Uh, that's sounds like a lot of work. Uh, how long were you guys working on that? Uh, that took a couple months. Um, kind of ran over the holidays too, so you know slowed down a little bit then. But uh, um, yeah, we t- we went. We used um, Moz, uh, SEMrush, SpyFu, and a bunch of other tools to kind of analyze all those data points. But going through hundreds of stores did take a little while to do all of that. <laughs> what's the like? What's the weirdest data point that you guys were kind of looking at for a KPI? Weirdest data point? Huh. 
wasn't yeah. expecting that question. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, leave it to Chase to ask that <laughs> that question. <laughs> uh, I mean, just just one that people wouldn't expect to be uh, an indicator. You know, there's like always trailing and leading indicators for success. So, like, what's one that you guys were checking out that you think most people wouldn't or, think about? Yeah, surprised by. I think I think we were most shocked to see that SEO and we would try to correlate organic growth in my content, you know, looking at domain authority and links, inbound links, and we co- try to correlate that to growth. I think we are most shocked to see that higher domain authority and higher inbound le- links actually cor- correlated, actually had a negative correlation with growth. So that sites that had a higher domain authority were actually the slower growing sites on the 85,000. I think getting a high domain authority is a lot of work. Uh, and I think and it, it's a time thing. And I don't see... I could see it being, you know, they're further along in their careers and in their businesses into where, you know, you're not going to grow with a domain authority, you know, 10 points in in a year, maybe you can. I don't know. I'm not an SEO expert. But uh, I, I could see it where you could have an explosion in sales from paid ads to grow your business that way. But SEO is a way longer play. So you're not going to see that pay off immediately. Exactly. And that, that's what we kind of broke it down to is that a lot of times, um, you know, building your domain authority, like you said, takes a lot of time. Building those links takes time. Um, number one, you need to create the website, post the content, and then people need to find out about you and then they need to link back to you. So whether that's you promoting it, you know, maybe direct email or you know, people just a PR why you're picking you up and linking back to you or whatever those sources are. It takes it takes that time to build those links and um, build that domain authority. So that's you know that's kind of what we broke down is that's a longer term process. Then it takes time for Google to catch on and crawl those links and and build up your, your authority as well. So um, that was kind of our hunch there uh, around that. Cool. All right. So I'm gonna get back on track here and I'm not gonna throw any more curveballs at you <laughs> for at least the next 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. So, so what are what are uh, some of the trends that you you kind of saw in this with e-commerce technology? Uh, so, with technology, um, we saw that. So, we, we broke down a few different areas. We looked at what platform was the most popular, the highest represented, uh, and we saw that Shopify was by far the leading platform for e-commerce in terms of rep- representation. Um, Shopify accounted for forty three percent of the. Um, Inc. 5000's e-commerce stores. Uh, number two was Magento. Number three was BigCommerce. Um, and then we saw WooCommerce was after that 6.5%. So we looked at who the representation on the Inc. 5000 and then also growth by platform. We saw that also number one was Shopify. Um, and then number two was Magento there. I so don't, that was interesting. I don't know if you know this or Chase knows this. How much, how long has Magento been around compared to Shopify? Does anyone know the answer to that? Um, that's a good question. Magento has been more of a, you know, the big enterprise tool that I think has been around longer on the enterprise level, whereas Shopify, I'd say, is, is probably a little more newer. Right. Like, can you even, you know, if you were starting a store today, could you even go on Magento or does it have to be enterprise level? Uh, they've got an open source version now, but I would tell anyone thinking about Magento that's starting a store to really understand why they would need Magento, which if you're starting, you probably don't. Okay. Just just wondering. There are reasons why Magento exists, okay. but 99% of the stores aren't going to experience that reason. Okay. Yeah. 
Exactly. For, for somebody starting today, I would I would recommend starting with Shopify. Okay. If they were a maybe if they had a really big local business, or if it was like a, a chain of stores that was brick and mortar that was looking to go online that had already had a chain of stores and was already doing a good chunk of sales, then maybe I'd consider looking at Magento to start. But for the average business or entrepreneur, I'd say start with Shopify. Yeah. The, the, another thing I see is when people have like wholesale is a huge part of their business and people need to buy, like do crazy wholesale orders. It's not just like 500 of this product. It's like 500 of these SKUs. And you know, okay. when that gets crazy, Magento definitely handles that a lot better. But yeah. Okay. Sorry, that was a little off. I'm just interested. I didn't know how much longer Magento has been around than Shopify. Yeah. For market share. We saw that, we saw that based on revenue numbers. Magento did account for a an impressive chunk of the highest revenue earners on Inc. 5000, but they were still number two to Shopify in terms of representation and growth. Here's something though. They've been around long enough to get their shit together. (laughs) There's quite a lot of uh, stuff in the forums and in their community that people have been trying to get addressed uh, and it hasn't happened. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Adobe bought it. Um, You might be right. Yeah. So I don't... I'm sure there's going to be changes happening. Yeah. Cool. So um, pivoting away from technology, obviously technology is just a tool. You can apply any marketing tactic, any systems in your business to find success in e-commerce. Like the technology doesn't matter just because I'm over here yelling about Shopify all day long. Like there are, you can make it happen with anything. I just like Shopify a lot, right? Uh, but that's just a tool. Let's talk about you know kind of marketing and what are the trends that you were seeing with customer acquisition. Yeah, so we, we broke down um, the organic side at, versus the paid side. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we, we noticed that organic and SEO actually had a negative correlation to growth. Um, I, I, we were surprised to see that. You know, It does take time to build up SEO, and that's the reasoning behind that. But seeing looking at the Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing stores, um, we saw that over 80% of them were investing in advertising. Um, and then when you looked at the top 25% of the fastest growing stores, 97% of them advertised. So I think that was like, you know, one or two stores in the top quarter are not advertising. Um, so that was a pretty strong, you know, metric and trend to see. Um, we saw that stores that did advertise grew 3.6 times faster than stores that didn't on that on that whole list. And we dug even further into like Hey, Google, Facebook, Instagram advertising, how many ads are they running? I'm like, what, what is common? Are some just pushing a few ads or are they testing a whole bunch of different things? Um, well, we saw that the median number of ads was between, between 10 to 25 and that it was most common to be over 25 ads. Whereas when you're looking at some of these stores and they just have like tens or hundreds of ads that they're running, they're, they're out there testing a whole bunch of different... Um, messaging and creative and audiences, and we we did see that um, these stores that are growing the fastest are are running a whole bunch of different ads and testing a whole lot of different things. Interesting. So, if you're starting a store today, then do you have to start with the advertising budget right out of the gate? So, it, I guess it depends depends where you know where exactly you're starting. We some of the things that are really valuable about paid advertising. Um, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, is you can get that immediate market feedback. You, you have a catalog, and you have a number of products in that catalog. You can very quickly see, hey, what, what are the most popular items in that catalog based on what ads are people clicking on, what products are they clicking on the most. Um, you'll see what's the most popular items in your catalog. So, if you're launching a new store, maybe you find that 
some subset of your catalog is the most popular and and then you decide to focus more on that area. You know, you might you might be able to test your pricing very fast in the beginning. You could launch a few different campaigns, a few different ads, testing a few different pricing levels and see what gives you the highest ROI. So there's, there's a number of things when we help a new store start that they're going to start testing. Um, a lot of times it's, let's test out the audience, who we want to target. You know, a lot of times the store has an idea of what their target demographic is, um, but then we'll help them try to get as nitty gritty into that as possible and identify specific demographics and specific interests and then show them the data you know what? Who? Which audience is engaging the most? Which is buying the most? Which has the highest ROI for them? And then also learning about their their products. So we call it honing the the product market fit, um, and then like honing you know honing your messaging and just zeroing in on your best audience and your best performing products. Hey, if you're in the product making business, then we've got great news for you. Katana is here to make your life easier. There's now a Shopify app built and designed for merchants that make their own products, manage your sales, orders, raw materials, production schedule, inventory, and material purchasing all from one dashboard. The name of that app is Katana. K-A-T-A-N-A. Katana is designed for makers, crafters, and small manufacturers selling on Shopify. Until now, product makers selling on e-commerce have had to settle with messy spreadsheets or regular inventory management software. We know they both usually suck if you need to make your own products. Fortunately, Katana is built from ground up with the needs of a small manufacturer in mind. Production scheduling and inventory management has never been this easy for Shopify merchants. A recent survey shows that 93% of Katana's users say they love it because of the ease of the setup and how intuitive it is. To try Katana for free, sign up at www.katanamrp.com. That's K-A-T-A-N-A-M-R-P.com. Or search Katana on the Shopify app store. There's a 14-day free trial. You do not need a credit card. And when you're signing up, use the promo code HONEST to get 30% off your first three months of a paid subscription. Check out Katana today. Okay, I'm going to rewind a little bit there just so I understand. If So you're, you're proposing to test a product at potentially like three different price points? Is that, is that correct? I, you can. That, yeah, that, that's something that we generally help people with is if they're testing different bundles or different offers, you know, maybe it's a buy one, get one offer, or maybe it's buy three for a certain price, testing which offers are the most appealing to people. Okay. So really the price point stays the same on the site, but it's the offers that you're going to put out there. We'll, we'll, we'll shift the price point a little bit. So front facing, it looks like it's the same. Okay. Got it. I might, I'm going to have to try that. Cool. Mm -hmm. I want to play devil's advocate here though. When people are starting their store, I like how you mentioned it. You know, it's like honing that product market fit. I feel that's the hardest hurdle for any small business to achieve. And looking to put the pressure on an advertising agency or creative agency or anything like that, that it's their job to find your product market fit, that's not gonna work for you. It's I almost feel like you have to understand like that. The investment you're making in paid advertising at that stage of the game when you're a new business is what the return you get might just be data. True. You might be operating at a loss for for that while. But if you want to get that data fast and you don't want to work on getting that product market fit sorted out organically, then you you know you can fail fast with money. Right. I I I definitely uh, agree with that and and heed that warning to any entrepreneur out there is you gotta know how much you're ready to invest and how many how much resources you can allocate to this. So whether you're starting as just an individual entrepreneur or if you're starting as a small to medium sized business, you know, if you if it's just 
you as an entrepreneur, you're probably going to start a little bit slower and I probably wouldn't recommend jumping into advertising that quick. But if you're a business and you have resources to invest, you could save yourself a lot of time by doing that. So I, I definitely agree that marketing and advertising is never going to save a, a bad product. If it's just something that people aren't interested in, that people aren't going to buy, you know, no amount of testing is going to, is going to, um, give you that product. But if, you know, if you have a good product, then we can make that offer and that message. We could find, we could find your best offer and message through cool. advertising. Cool. I think this is a great pivot into our next question. So from this study and just your your history as uh, an advertising expert, let's say I'm starting a new store today. What would you say I need to keep in mind? Um, so the biggest things when people come to us, uh, I recommend getting analytics on your site as fast as possible, getting the Facebook pixel on your site as fast as possible if you're getting traffic there so that we can start tracking who's coming to the site, who, who's looking at which products. Facebook analytics is getting even better these days. <clears throat> They're always rolling out new features that are, are pretty interesting um, that are showing you demographics of now traffic on your website. And Google, Google Analytics will do a little bit of that, but I think Facebook's going to be able to do the best job of that over the long term. Um, and we can see who's going from social media to your website, whether they, who's actually looking at products, who's checking out, who's buying. So getting analytics in your site so you can start seeing what's happening. Uh, we find a lot of people are coming to us and they don't even have a pixel on their site. And then you got to kind of start from the beginning there by building that data. And the power of the, of the pixels also just it plugs into Facebook's larger platform. So some people call it seasoning your pixel as the pixel tracks visitors to your site who, and looks at who's viewing content and who's adding to cart. You can then leverage those audiences and retarget them and create lookalikes based on who's doing that. So Facebook gets, gets to create a pretty good picture of your best customer. Um, and then Facebook can do that across the platform and everyone who's engaging across all these different websites uh, to kind of help you hone your audience there. Yes. Chase and I are going to just reiterate what you just said. We see it all the time. Stores not having their Facebook pixel installed. So if you are listening to this and you do not have it installed, (laughs) you need to do that immediately. Actually, stop listening (laughs) and install your Facebook pixel. If you can't figure it out, get on Upwork somewhere. And um, there's YouTube videos. Listen, I can install Facebook pixel. So that means you can too. So If Annette can do it, it. anyone can do it. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, seriously. I I, I watched the YouTube videos. I made sure that was done. But we are... um, there are stores still out there that are not utilizing that. So um, take Anthony's advice. Please install the Facebook Pixel immediately, especially into Shopify. It's it's super easy to do. I came across a business that was spending tens of thousands of dollars a year on Facebook advertising and they weren't using a Pixel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is surprising to me. Um, when you said that, oh, by the way, <laughs> I just have to give you an insight into how my brain works. When you said when you're talking about seasoning the pixel, I imagined Salt Bay like dropping data on. We were just doing lots of, of, of hand gestures, with Salt Bay hand gestures. When you said <laughs> seasoning the pixel, so again, we're um, we're nerds over here. We're, 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 we're professionals. <laughs> no, that was great. So just just to reiterate, Google Analytics, Facebook Pixel, Facebook Analytics. If you're a store starting starting out today. Yeah, and just Shopify makes it so simple. You don't even have to install the whole code or do any like anything weird. You just copy the string of numbers uh, and you paste it in the back end. It couldn't be any simpler. 
Right. Yeah. Make, they make it super easy. So hit, hit pause now and go do that. And then come back and listen to the rest of this. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm going to be the, you know, the Shopify store owner here and, and, and put this question to you and Chase both. Okay, cool. I've got the Pixel installed. I'm checking it out. But how do I dip my toe into the wild world of Facebook advertising? Um, it's really intimidating. I know like for myself. And what is your advice for someone just starting out wanting to put some dollars behind um, Facebook and, and really starting to use that Facebook pixel? What do you suggest and recommend for them just starting out? Maybe they don't have a huge budget. So I'd say be careful because um, I'd say another big mistake that I usually see people making is when they try to dip their toe, they're probably just going to hit the boost post button and just boost a post on their page. And when you do that, the, all the default settings on the front end of, of your Facebook page are just set to optimize for post engagements, which... I joke that everyone has the that that random aunt or cousin that just likes everybody's posts on Facebook in their newsfeed. That's who Facebook's going to optimize towards because um, it's optimizing for post engagement. So it's going to boost the post to people who are similar to people who like your page and to people who are likely to engage, which means hitting like. But that does not mean clicking through. That does not mean adding to cart. That does not mean making a purchase. So when you're just dipping your toe in it, I'd say be careful because you probably like post engagements probably aren't going to get you anything. I get a lot of people that I talk to who say, "Oh, I tried Facebook ads; they didn't work for me." And when we dig into that, they're like, "Oh, I just boosted a couple of posts, but I didn't make any sales." And and that's why it's because when you just boost a post, it's going to optimize for post engagements. Um, whereas when we set up our advertising campaigns and you do it through Facebook Business Manager you can set up conversion campaigns and you can optimize for these specific events. So as we were talking about the Facebook pixel earlier, that tracks these events. Um, when people come to your website, when they view a product, when they add that to cart, and then when they purchase, you can optimize for those events. So when you do it through Facebook Business Manager, um, you can set up campaigns in the proper way. Um, if you're just getting started, um, I'd probably recommend just starting with a small conversion campaign, um, or maybe you do use that to test out which are your best audiences or which are your best products, maybe with a, with a, just a traffic campaign just to get some people to your website. But I guess just kind of keep in mind as you allocate that budget, what, you know, what that's going to get you, you can choose conversions for purchases, or you can choose traffic, but post engagements is not going to get you much. Yeah. I, I think that if you're just getting started and you are up for a challenge if you're a DIYer. Once you sync your catalog to your, you know, Facebook Business Manager and Shopify, and then you can do this with WooCommerce and all the other platforms, but it's a little bit harder in my opinion. Long story short, if you can get the view content information coming back, and you can set up a complete bottom of the funnel like retargeting campaign where it is showing your product that someone has added to their cart to them on their feed, that is going to return as long as you have traffic and those actions are actually happening on your website. But to take a step back, if you're not doing like $1,000 a month in sales, like don't focus on Facebook. You have other problems. Right. Oh, that's a good that's a good tip. And I will say, I feel like from a store owner's perspective, I don't know what it is, but whenever I talk to people about Facebook advertising, you know, if they're just starting out, it, there's something about the 
the boost the post. I feel like people do that. They feel like it's the path of least resistance. It's, it's simple. And it's, yeah. And I yeah. think like, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm boosting posts. So I think that's, again, something to, to just, I want to get out there and message more of that boosting posts is not advertising. All right. So I, I, uh, how can I say this without getting anyone in trouble? Just say it. I had an advisor uh, when I was learning when I was learning Facebook from someone. And uh, anyway, so I they literally told me straight up that that boost post button is for stupid people, and they said it is stealing money from them, and that's what's lining Zuck's pockets. This yep. the, yeah, I think it's that path. It's the easiest thing. People think it's really getting them um, the traction that they need, and it isn't. So um, no, I think I think it's we've got to get that out there and let people know that that is not advertising. It's just you know boosting the. Well, I I boost posts sometimes with a reason behind it, but it's not just to boost the post. You know, there's a there's a method to my madness, but it's it's never just that button. There's a more you know audience choice and insight behind it. Right. There are times when you want to get some social proof on a post, or if you have a post that's already doing well organically, that you just want to get out to a broader audience. I'd say those are the times when we use Boost Post the most. For example, if we see if we see a page post that's kind of going viral on its own, um, we've had a few different like either like memes or like videos that we post that our pages have posted that have gotten a lot of engagement just organically. Then then we'll boost it to get even more. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand, US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. One more Facebook question for you. What are your thoughts on brands using, um, you know, Facebook video versus like the catalog? Do, are you, do you use video a lot? We do use video a lot. Um, so video is great for building that familiarity. We see, we see a lot of times images are better for actual conversions, but for that middle of funnel, video is great for building that relationship and building that familiarity. So if you're a new store or if you're just like a small independent store, um, you know, you're a brand name that not many people know about. The first time they engage with you, so, you know, they're, they're going to see your brand name and they're not, it's not going to mean anything to them. But mm-hmm. maybe they see a product and click to your website and they're like, uh, interesting, but they don't buy that'd be a great person to retarget with some videos to show them maybe your product in action or show some people wearing it around some lifestyle videos. Um, and that just builds the familiarity because if it's something that they're oh, at least a little bit interested in, they might sit and watch the video for a few seconds. Um, and then they, they know more about your products or your brand. And then this is also you know good for helping to make the sale that if, you know, the, the more familiar they are with your product, the more likely they're going to be able to going to be to buy um, later on. Great. And and do you find that video advertising is more expensive or less than less expensive? 
Uh, typically less expensive. Okay. Um, Facebook is Facebook has been cheaper for getting video views. So, so video views is a cheaper objective to advertise for in Facebook. Um, so getting those views are cheaper, but it's, it's not always cheaper to get purchases with video views. So it kind of just depends on your objective there for middle of funnel. It's cheaper to use videos to get in front of your audience, but it's not always cheaper to get purchases with videos. If that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you for that. So now that we've told the new store owner to put in their Facebook pixel and not boost a post, let's give them some other knowledge. What else should they not be doing when they're opening their store? I think sometimes that's even more helpful. What else should they not be doing? Yes. Um, I think a lot of times when we take on a, a store, we'll do an audit of the website and finding broken links or a lot. Sometimes we'll see, you know, even on a Shopify website, they might have like a slider on the homepage that they put up day one with some products, but then they've changed their products and then those links are broken. So making sure that your customer journey is smooth and when you're pushing traffic to your website, knowing where you're where you're sending that, whether it's like an individual product page or a catalog page or your homepage, making it so that it, it just makes sense to somebody. So somebody who hasn't seen your store before and might not be familiar with it, you might not always want to send them right to a product page because maybe they need to see the more high level of your store, understand your story. Maybe you would send them to a homepage at that point. But then when somebody has been to your website before, maybe they've seen the video at that point, then bottom of funnel, then you do take them right to the product page because then they're then they're already familiar with those first couple of steps and then they're more likely to buy. Whereas if you send them back to the homepage again, then they're you know that doesn't get them any closer to the purchase step. Absolutely. So, so that, that was kind of a couple couple of things there, but uh, you know, making sure that your your site flow and layout is good, and that you're sending people to the right page of the of the customer journey. No, I think that's important. I know, I know when you're building the site and you're just working on it that you you kind of get blinders on to things. So you got to have some fresh eyes look at it from time to time and make sure everything still is is working and making sense from the, from the user experience. Right. Send, send it to a couple friends, um, you know, advisors, teammates, you know, and have them click around and, and find stuff. I've always found asking your mom to <laughs> buy something and see if she can do it um, is helpful. I'm being serious. Like if your mom can't find something on your site, then uh, I mean, you know, just depending. But I find sometimes get somebody that really maybe doesn't online shop often. Have them come to your site and say, "I want you to find this product," and watch them fumble around. It's a, it's kind of they it's, can it's they can borrow my uncle. <laughs> yeah, Chip, uncle Chip, Chip has no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just actually that's a plug. Uh, go to UncleChip.com. We'll make him a user test testing. Um, oh my site. gosh, he would he would I'd be like Chip, you're making money, and he'd still get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should start that. Uh, your mom's user testing. <laughs> your mom and uncle's user testing. Oh, we're just coming up with lots of ideas today. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. As you can tell, we've recorded too many podcasts today. Sounds uh, like a new business. I like it. No, I, it. I do too, actually. All right. So um, is there anything that we missed from the growth study uh, or just any insights that you kind of took away that you'd want to share with our audiences? Maybe with like thoughts on the future and where stuff's going? So maybe two two last things is how much number one how much opportunity that we still see in the e-commerce space. I think a lot of people get gun shy thinking about Amazon, and they're like, "Oh, if, you know." We hear a lot of people who are just trying to get into the Amazon business, but um, we find 
in part of our study, we did research into just economics and noticed that um, e-commerce is still just a tiny percentage of the total retail sales in the U.S. And we've, we've barely scratched the surface there. So I think there's still a ton of opportunity in e-commerce. It's growing very fast. And um, you, know, you don't have to be on Amazon. Amazon's going to cut into your margins. And that's still starting your own Shopify store, your own independent store. There's a ton of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I was going to mention is... What the second thing? Um, I'm blanking. Well, that, that was so that that was that was my point. Honestly, um, I think that's a drop the mic moment. That inspired me. <laughs> no, seriously, I think that's what you said. Like people think that like Amazon's taking over the world. There's not, I know, you know, enough um, pieces of the pie left for them. But I love that you said that the opportunity is the number one thing. That's super inspiring. Especially that you know, if you really had a product, you could get up at Shopify tonight. You know, which is amazing and cool. So I think that's exciting. If for our listeners, if they're thinking about getting in the market. Uh, that that just pushed me over the edge for more products. Yeah, that op- opportunity is why I like being. That's why I like being a, an agency owner because everyone I'm friends with a lot of other agency owners, and we're having this journey together. And there is no competition between us. We are sharing industry secrets. We are helping each other, and it's so much fun because we know there's opportunity out there for everyone, and we mm-hmm. just want everyone to have be successful. Yeah, we we want everybody to sell something online. <laughs> That's our goal. Yeah. Cool. So, Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. But can you tell um, our listeners where where can they find you and where can they find this report and some more tools uh, that they can utilize from your firm? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find this report at modernmedia.io slash e-commerce dash growth dash study. Um, it's all there. Uh, it's also on Medium if you search there. So that all the charts, all the graphs and data points are there. Uh, and then if you want to get in touch with me, uh, my email is anthony at modernmedia.io. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that we have all of that in the show notes. And I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us today. Uh, it was lots to think about. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to go start boosting posts. <laughs> <laughs> Eating right. snacks and boosting yeah, posts. Yeah, this is my, my nighttime. That's what's up. All right. Thank you so much, Anthony. We appreciate it. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.